morning and welcome to Pay It Forward's podcast, Help Yourself by Helping Others. Today's podcast is part of our education series. Uh, That is one of Pay It Forward's goals is to provide uh, information that is helpful to people in their lives. And today we will be talking about technology for safety. Joining me today are Alan and Mitchell. My name is Sherry and I will be your moderator. So to begin, uh, Alan, could you tell us why and what uh, Pay It Forward's education series are all about? Sure, yeah, Pay It Forward is a nonprofit. Uh, We set up to uh, facilitate and manage events, forums, podcasts, and webinars to educate and also try to use technology if possible to scale and to help people's um, situations, you know, whether it's a life skill, whether it's protecting environment, wellness, uh, relationship, or or anything in general. Mm-hmm. Yes, right, Mitchell, that's part of uh, our mission. Yeah, you know, the three of us have an extensive history in the print industry where, you know, we mostly focus on communicating. Um, and it's been all different types of printing. So this isn't printing necessarily, but the communication part of, of sharing information and helping people develop has always been important to our mission. Yes, it has. Yeah. So uh, as part of this education series, um, you know, today we want to talk about what we believe is a very important topic. Uh, and that is how people can benefit from assisted devices uh, for safety. And Alan, who are some of the people who can benefit from su- such devices? Well, technically, anyone can benefit, but probably the most vulnerable are the elderly or people with disability or just uh, kids or, you know, uh, people with medical conditions. Mm-hmm. But technically, anyone can benefit. I was talking to a paramedic the other day. And he said he'd save a young lady's life because she was doing gardening. And then for some reason, when she's walking around, she just hit some kind of object and then fell. Mm. And then uh, she something happened, maybe broke something. She can't move. But luckily, she has a smart watch on her. And the smart watch was programmed to call 911 if it detects a fall. So basically, uh, 911 was triggered and then the, you know, somewhere it dispatched, or actually they double check with her first. They, they yes. asked, you know, are you okay? And she said, no, I can't move. And then say, would you like me to get uh, ambulance? And she said, please, please. So the paramedic came. So. That's- that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are uh, Mitchell? You can think of some other populations or people that um, you know could be best served by these types of devices. Yeah. Just to comment on the general population first, I think over the last twenty years there's been such a boom in technology um, that it might feel a little oversaturated or overwhelming when you think about solutions to your day to day problems. Um, or you might feel like you don't want to research or find the alternative new things out there, so you do what you've always done. 
Um, but now for, you know, people who are have disabilities or at certain disadvantages um, or just regular people, there are so many options now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you understand the available technology and how to work with it to make they get, make your life easier and give you more peace of mind. Um, I, I know just, you know, you look at things like Siri and Alexa mm-hmm. and how big that has, you know, changed society, but that's just, you know, just that's just opening the door in terms right. of how to utilize it and how to connect everything to enhance one's life. Right. You're right. It's just like the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you know, we mentioned on these bullet points, you know, people who may have what we would call, say, special needs or um, are vulnerable. But if you look at the last bullet point, it actually just says lone workers. Um, and that means people who uh, maybe work at the 7-Eleven at 2 a.m. in the morning. And, you know, uh, somebody like that can benefit. So you are right, Alan, when you say it really can benefit almost anyone. Uh, we've just kind of highlighted people who do have um some issues or medical conditions. So moving on to our next slide, um, we will talk about some of the ways that technology can be used to enhance safety. Uh, Mitchell, do you wanna start us off with some of the types Yeah, we'll start out with surveillance systems, with cameras and the modern camera um, with the facial recognition and the AI attached, the movement sensors. it's going at such a rate now to where, you know, you can keep track of everything and everybody everywhere you go. Um, there's pros and cons to it, of course, but when you have children or elderly or, you know, just people where you can't physically see all the time, now you can. Um, and this is making it safer for a lot of other people. Well, actually, uh, I live in an HOA community uh, and recently, the board director voted to install a, a kind of new system. Um, what they do is they ask every homeowner to submit the license plate information. So we all did. So basically every, when cars come in and out of the community, it reads the license plate. If the license plate matches uh, our one on the database, then it just deletes it. But then if the license plate doesn't match, then it records it and it's safe for, you know, so many days. So actually that's kind of interesting. They found this uh, a car that doesn't, that shouldn't be here uh, mm-hmm. by just monitoring. Uh, so it's yes, no, it's yes, no. When they, when the camera uh, sees a, a vehicle coming in and out. So, On our next slide, we are talking about how this technology can be utilized to enhance safety. Uh, Mitchell, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think one of the um, important technology over the last few years has been surveillance systems um, Mm -hmm. with cameras having facial recognition, AI sensors and things like that. It's really helped be able to keep communities safe. Um, there's even instances to where some cameras can recognize if someone's having a seizure or heart attack or if they're in medical distress, they get some help right away. Um, Alan, I know you have some experience with surveillance systems too. Oh yeah, uh, where I live in the HOA community, uh, the board directors recently voted to install a kind of a new technology. So it's about scanning license plate whenever vehicles come in and out. 
So all our the the residents have to submit our license plate number. So when vehicles come in and out, uh, they compare with the database. So if it is one of the resident, then they delete it. But if it is uh, not in the database, then they record it for 30 days just in case if they need to trace back. So mm -hmm. this actually will be a lot cheaper than hiring a like a uniform security guard to, mm -hmm. to take a look. So that the surveillance work automatically. Um, and this is possible just recently because probably like four or five years ago, this kind of technology may not be available for small community like us. Obviously the big government, like FBI and, you know, they, they have all that for many years, but now it's trickled down to ordinary applications. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and as the list shows here, you know, there's just so many, uh, different options for using this technology to enhance safety. Uh, like Mitchell mentioned with the surveillance and that's interesting about what your community is doing, Alan. And then of course, all the wearable devices we all have now, emergency systems, cybersecurity, uh, health monitoring, you know, um, workplace safety and even online, you know, safety measures. So the technology has just grown exponentially and benefits so many people. Uh, I'm going to move on to our next slide, and that's going to talk about smart homes. And uh, Alan, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about what a smart home is, and you know what what that can do. Yeah, the smart home is kind of evolving. Uh, it started with um, just basic thing, like uh, I think Google started with the thermostat. So mm. with the Google thermostat, are they called, they call Nest. Oh yeah. Basically they learn your habit. So uh, basically they just monitoring whether you want to set it real cold or real hot at certain time of day, what time you get up and so forth. Then afterward, it just automatically save energy. Let's say if you go to, go to work and you forgot to turn up or turn down the thermostat, normally you will waste energy. But mm -hmm. with this feature, it know that, oh, you forgot to do it. So they would, they would know that there's nobody in the house or so no sense, you know, blasting the AC or doing something. Mm -hmm. uh, but now it kind of evolved into many other things. Um, uh, basically, that's different from a technical standpoint. There are two different ways. One is a cloud-based and the other one is um, local-based. So the cloud-based basically you are giving up all your personal data to Apple, Google, or Amazon by using their software. So basically every time when you say Alexa or Siri or OK Google, then all the decision-making and all the intelligence is in the cloud by these big company. But now with the Raspberry Pi or some of the lower cost CPU and software, you can make it local. So this way you can make it work 24 seven without having internet to Google or Apple or Alexa. Hmm. And also the response time is slightly faster. 
So instead of a couple of seconds, now it's instant. Also, it opened up to a lot of customization because if you use Alexa or Google or Siri, there's only a limited, maybe a 10 or 100 different flavors or different uh, decision making. But with the local, you can customize. So let's say if you have somebody living alone that has some situations and maybe some device or something. So with the local one, you can customize very quickly or, or suitable for that situation. Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah. And, and if you look at people with disabilities, elderly people, if you have children at home, or maybe you just, you know, you break your leg or your arm or something. It's a, it's a little intimidating getting everything in your house connected, but if it runs through electricity, you can make it talk to each other now. And the amount of conveniences that people can have, if you can get your entire house to talk, communicate with each other, it's incredible. Whether it's voice control or also your cell phone, um, you can monitor your appliances as well as have them do things for you when you need to. Um, yeah, it's really astounding. I mean, it can go from you know, as Alan mentioned, just your temperature control to an entire smart home where everything is controlled by your phone or your iPad and remotely. So, yeah, it's really come a long, long way. And simple things like opening your curtains, you know, mm -hmm. when the sun's out, seeing who's, seeing who's at the door when it knocks, when they ring the bell, you know, yeah. turning the lights on and off without having to get out of bed. Um, you can have it, you know, turn water on and off, make your coffee. Um, wow. Pretty much anything now. Yes. <laughs> you, you, you can monitor what's in your fridge. That's true. I've seen the commercials for that. Yeah. You, you can cut your grass from the side <laughs> of your house. Like it, it maximizes. Again, it's so many things it seems overwhelming. But if you really take the time to string it all together, we are living in the future. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Alan, uh, uh, at one of the communities, uh, your neighbor had uh, a uh, a little device that looked like a Roomba, you know, that, that does your vacuums your floor, which is another device um, wow. that can vacuum and even mop. But they have uh, had a device that looked like that to cut their grass. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you think about pets, you know, they have automated feeding and watering for your, for your mm -hmm. animals too. Um, some situations where people are gone throughout the whole day, they can automatically take care of their pets and still, and they can still have cameras. They can see them from their cell phone. They can talk to them. Hmm. Um, yeah, smart a smart home really does, you know, enhance a lot of things, uh, including energy efficiency and security, which is something I think we all, you know, uh, could use, and you know, it gives us peace of mind. Yeah. So yeah. I'll move on to our uh, next. Um, slide which talks about smart watches and um they also offer a lot of safety features and peace of mind uh mitchell do you want to start our discussion on smart watches sure i you know i think it's great when you have kids you know the gps tracking and mm -hmm. you know being able to monitor their sleep i think are two one of the big things that involved or if you're just trying to get healthy it, it, you know you want to monitor your health it, it does all that in terms of heart rate monitoring um, and your activity monitoring, um, along with the communication capabilities. Mm -hmm. uh, now with the cellular network, you can get emergency SOSs and Amber alerts, um, weather alerts instantly, um, no matter where you're at. So a lot of benefits to that technology. 
Yes, I, I mean, I have personal experience with some of these. Um, I happen to be an Apple person. So uh, both my husband and I have uh, the Apple Watch and uh, he recently fell and the watch uh, immediately uh, recognized that he had fallen. It uh, asked him if he wanted uh, emergency services to be called. Uh, he did not answer right away because it was the first time he'd had that happen. And so it kept asking him until he replied. Um, had he not replied uh, after so many attempts, I think they would have called on their own. I'm not certain about that. But yes, it was uh, amazing. And he uh, has also, he uses the heart rate monitoring. Um, he did have some issues with AFib. And the watch would tell him when he was in that uh, heart rhythm. And it was very helpful. Uh, thankfully, he's not um, having issues with that anymore, but he could. Uh, and the watch will let him know if he does go into AFib. Uh, it's just amazing. And I use it, you know, more for like activity. Um, you know, I know when I walk my dog, how many steps I've taken, when I play pickleball, how many calories I've burned. Um, so, it, you know, I find it very helpful. And with weather alerts, I, you know, we've had some extreme weather here uh, recently. And, you know, we've been notified if there's a tornado warning and things like that. So they really have become an integral part of our lives and very helpful. I don't find it intrusive, personally. I, 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 I find it reassuring. How about you, Alan? Yeah, uh, basically, I have several friends that um, have some health situations, and they swear by these smart watchers. Mm -hmm. For example, let's say they can set it up, you know, maybe some apps that can tell them to meditate. So it's mm. time to meditate. Then they start breathe in, breathe out. So it's more motivational. Also, they can set up some kind of competition. So let's say maybe they have uh, five family members that say who want to lose weight the most so they can compete um, but using the watch. So they can, you cannot lie because let's say if you are sitting and you're not doing anything, then obviously you lose. <laughs> but if you're active, if you're running, then you, you might win. Yeah. Also, like uh, if you are watching TV for too long, it will nudge you. They say, hey, do something. Go, go, go to the garden. Don't, don't watch TV too long. So it is a motivational thing for them. Um, that is true. My watch does tell me to stand up. If I'm <laughs> working at my computer too long, it will say, hey, stand up. It also <laughs> sends me a little reminder uh, that I need to go to bed at midnight and I'm staying up too late. <laughs> and these uh, reminders are, are huge for people who don't either pay attention or let things get away. There's consequences for not getting enough rest or for sitting too long, you know, not getting enough exercises, but this is very preventive. Yes, I agree. So also yeah. like uh, for people who are venturing in the middle of nowhere, mm. for example, like my daughter, she liked to hike, you know, somewhere in the middle of nowhere, there's no internet. So with the emergency SOS, let's say if you get injured or you need some help, when there's no internet, your cell phone won't work or whatever, then this one allow you to connect to a satellite and then get help. Maybe a helicopter can come and rescue you or something. 
Oh, that's, that's very, that's serious because you do, I mean, you know, it's in the news a lot about people who take off on a hike and get lost. And Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the consequences are, are fatal. And so being able to ask for help or even just find your own way out, but to find, to get help is um, invaluable. Yeah. I mean, it's serious. So. Okay, so we will move on to our next slide um, and uh, we'll just highlight what we just said. Uh, the smartwatch, um, I guess, I don't know if there are the four most important features would be emergency SOS, uh, fall detection, heart rate monitoring, and emergency notifications. And I can say from experience, um, I've used three of the four and it's re- it is really important. And I feel I have a lot of peace of mind because of it. So, and we'll move on to our next slide and we'll start to talk about specific populations and how this technology can enhance safety. Um, so Mitchell, you wanna start us off by talking about how these uh, devices uh, can help with those who are deaf and hard of hearing? Yeah, well, you know, the hearing aid technology over the years has changed to where they've gotten smaller, more convenient for people, um, cheaper, and there are some over-the-counter solutions now. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these, I think, it was in the last 10, 15 years um, yes. that became available. <clears throat> um, and then, you know, you look at other ways of communicating than just verbal you have text and video communication that's now dominating so all these are helping people with disabilities um kind of merge with society a little bit easier and give them a better quality of life alan do you have anything uh to add yeah basically um there are a lot of computerized uh options or maybe miniaturized to help people communicate if they are born or maybe have some challenges uh, hearing. Um, I think we talked to one lady who came from uh, Michigan one time and she uh, specialized in helping people uh, that have hard hearing. So later on, maybe we can invite either her or another uh, expert that can, because these things are evolving. So whatever we learn or whatever technology available two years ago, now it's only get smaller, more advanced, and more customized. Right. And we're talking about things from, you know, life-saving, such as uh, that little picture you see with the woman sleeping on a pillow. Uh, Believe it or not, that is a smoke detector Um, uh, for when someone does not, is unable to hear or is hard of hearing, and that smoke alarm goes off, they won't hear it. So this device actually connects to their pillow and will vibrate to wake them up, to notify them when a smoke alarm goes off. So that's something very serious, but it can also, uh, there are devices that are just help with your quality of life uh, on a daily basis. Um, You know, I had both my mother and mother-in-law lived with us for 10 years and my mother was very hard of hearing and uh, the TV would be so loud, <laughs> you could hear it anywhere in the house. So mm-hmm. there was actually a device that allowed that we purchased that we hooked up to her TV 
uh, that allowed her to listen to the TV through her hearing aid. It was a game changer uh, for us. And it's, uh, I know when I, uh, she eventually had to go to a nursing home, we brought that device with us. And I can tell you, other than some of the nurses and staff were wishing they had that for all of the residents because otherwise it was like a combination of sounds bouncing up the walls from all the loud TVs. So that was just some, a, a very simple device that really assisted both my mother because she was able to hear directly in her ear and the whole household because we didn't have to listen to Young and the Restless. <laughs> and then I, it, so uh, it really, I mean, there's all kinds of, of tools. I also have a friend uh, whose mother was one of the uh, first people to get a cochlear implant. Um, she was part of a trial and it has just immeasurably improved her ability to hear. So, and captioning and subtitles. I'm, I will admit here on this podcast that I have started using <laughs> uh, closed captioning <laughs> because I have experienced some hearing loss and um, my husband says I put the TV up too loud. So I have actually, I use closed captioning now and I love it. I don't have to have the TV blaring and I can follow along and understand what is being said. So, I mean, it runs the gamut from life-saving to convenience to um, quality of life. And uh, there are so many tools being developed um, and we're kind of fortunate that we have those in our lives to make our lives better. Agreed. Okay, so moving on to our next slide, um, we are going to talk about safety technology for the blind and visually impaired. Uh, Mitchell, do you want to start us off? Um, sure. You know, I know a lot about the um, smart glasses mm. and the, the displays over the last few years even have been growing rapidly to where you see them used in hospitals and surgeons, but now regular people mm. um, can get information and other pictures through their glasses kind of zoomed in closer and refocus for them. So wow. you can't see far away or things. Your eyesight's getting a little bit a little bit worse. It helps with that. Um, some of these readers also it tells you what they're seeing. So if you're if you can't see at all, um, the camera will look at your surroundings and verbally speak out loud what it is that it sees. Mm-hmm. Alan, do you have uh, content to add? Sure. Yeah, I, I, I have a friend uh, who is officially blind, although uh, he can navigate most of the time, you know, 80% of the time, but for the 20% of the time, for whatever situation, then it's very dangerous because he cannot interpret what is going on. Mm. So I think that uh, he got some kind of technology help, and now he's probably covered maybe 95% situation because uh, it's very uh, scary when mm. you know that you have 20% of your life situation, whatever the environment that you are totally vulnerable because mm -hmm. you can fall anytime you, you know, it's hard for us to appreciate, you know, uh, because we don't have that situation. Mm. 
Yes, I know uh, my mother-in-law was very, uh, had very poor eyesight uh, due to macular degeneration, which is a very uh, common ailment uh, with seniors and elderly folks. Um, and some cases are worse than others. Uh, but she was um, given a screen reader by the Foundation Fighting Blindness. You know, uh, they would pass them out to people who needed them and then you would return it, you know, when you were done. But it enabled her to um, like say a note or a card she received in the mail. Instead of having to have me read the card to her, she could lay it on the screen reader and adjust the magnification and then read the card herself uh, on the screen reader. And it gave her, a, made her feel more independent and less reliant on other people. And it made her feel like she was part of the society world again, uh, because she really did struggle with her eyesight. Um, and there are just so many other things for people who are um, you know, working or walking um, with navigation tools and uh, wearable devices and, as Mitchell mentioned, the smart glasses. So it really has come, you know, a long way. And that's wonderful um, to be able to read, uh, even if it's, you know, you're following along with your finger and it's being read to you. It still gives you that uh, independence um, uh, if you're not, um, if you're not choose not to use a braille for a particular instance, just to read a book. So it's amazing how uh, the world has changed and helped. So we'll move along to our next slide. And for this, we're talking about safety technology for the elderly and their caregivers. Um, and we've kind of talked about some of this, but if we uh, wanna go delve in a little bit more, Alan, you wanna get us started? Yeah, fall detection is a big thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Usually, almost every elderly person that I know of fell one time or more than yeah. one time. Even young people, they fall. Mm -hmm. So, um, and unfortunately, if you don't have technology, then uh, it might be fatal or may have serious consequence. Mm -hmm. So, we need to educate uh, our community the importance of understanding um that it will happen to almost everyone doesn't mm -hmm. matter whether you're old or young and then maybe just customize you know simple technology or uh custom technology you know especially for people that are vulnerable or, or just norm, normal people mm -hmm. just good education uh you can assume that you are healthy that you won't fall because you might hit an object Let's say maybe another person mopped the floor and then a kid will run around and then you can fall when, mm -hmm. when, the, when the floor is slippery. So anything can happen. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I think the overall package technology is, is like a modern day cane. I remember when I was a kid and I was younger, they say that when you become older, you'll, you'll end up walking with a cane. Mm. Um, not everyone does, but that's just a thing um, that everyone hopefully grows old. I think now, as we all get old, all this technology is, is our new cane. This is what we all should look forward to, what we all should expect. Don't wait to fall before you get fall detection. Mm -hmm. um, this is just as you age, this is what you should have. And hopefully, you know, in a few years, there'll be more and more stuff um, to give us a better quality of life and peace of mind. Mm -hmm. 
not only for our, ourselves, but for our family members who will be taking care of us. You know, make yes. it easier on them that when there's less to take care of, people can be independent much longer with the assistance of this technology. Yes. And again, my, with my mentioning my personal situation. So I was a caregiver for a lot of years. Um, and I can tell you that having a home monitoring system was very important. Uh, as I mentioned, I had both moms living with us, but when my mother-in-law passed away, then my mother was by herself in our house while we were at work. So there wasn't another person in case of an emergency. So uh, we did get the emergency um, home monitoring system, you know, where she wore a necklace around her neck. And if she were to fall or have other, another emergency, she could press that button and the monitoring company would say, what is wrong? Are you okay? And she could communicate with them. And so besides um, helping her as a caregiver who couldn't be there during the day, that was very reassuring to know because I just have a neighbor next door who has an elderly aunt and she recently fell and was on the floor for three hours um, till somebody finally found her. And she's still fighting the idea of getting a home monitoring uh, system, but they're uh, kind of insisting uh, that she has to do something because what a just a horrible situation. I mean, what if she was bleeding? You know, uh, she could have died. So, yeah, all of this technology for the elderly is great. And the medication dispensing was invaluable to me because um, my mother couldn't remember what to take when. <laughs> so all of these uh, tools, uh, I've used a lot of them. And I have to say they made a big difference in all of our lives. So, okay. And moving on to our next slide. This is about safety technology for people with medical conditions uh, or disabilities. And again, it's kind of, we're, you know, rehashing some of the things we've already talked about, but we'll give this uh, another uh, overview. Alan, if you'd like to start. Sure. Basically, uh, the technologies keep on improving. Mm. So right now, I think Google, Samsung, and Apple, they are developing different apps or software. <laughs> And also uh, the advance of newer watches or wearables. You have more accurate sensors and more mm -hmm. predictable software. Um, it's only going to get more affordable as time goes on and more accurate. So this way, instead of getting measurement from a lab or doctor, now yes. you can practically measure anywhere um, as, as long as you know how to program it. And hopefully with pay forward future seminars, we can invite, you know, some other scientists or other developers on these apps. Maybe they can explain what lies in the future. Mm. Because we're gonna get better and better. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I was gonna add that the the safety technology industry has become so huge over the years that if you have a particular problem, you should check with your healthcare provider about what what technology options are available because there's so much to choose from. Um, and you know, it, it may take a lot of research to find, you know, what could help you, but there's something out there. 
That's very good advice. Yes, definitely ask your healthcare provider if you do have a condition because there may be something available to give you peace of mind. Um, for instance, you know, I mentioned that my husband had AFib and um, after he had his surgery, he now uh, had, he had implanted a loop recorder. Uh, it's just right under his skin. Uh, it was done, put in, in the office, but should something arise um, like an, of an emergency sort, his doctor will get that notification. Plus just day to day, it's recording what his heart is doing. So that's pretty amazing. And yeah. I know several people, uh, I think it's the, the advances for diabetics has really just skyrocketed. I know several people now who use wearable devices. So there's no more pricking the finger. Um, they wear a monitor, they can take their phone. And well, like my, I know someone who wears it on their stomach. I know someone else on their arm, but they can literally put their phone there, get the reading, determine if they need to med or when they should eat. And the, all of this information is being transmitted to their physician who can also uh, change um, prescription, you know, or amount of insulin or whatever they should be getting. So it, it's truly is amazing. And there's so many of these types of devices available for all sorts of medical conditions. And it would be great, you know, for our future uh, continuing this series, if we could have some of these experts uh, come on and tell us a little bit about how it was developed, uh, you know, what exactly it does and um, what's what's coming in the future. Okay, so moving on, our next slide just is an overview or what are some of the other safety benefits that technology provides. Uh, Alan, you want to talk about those? Yeah, actually, it's, uh, I'm the first one that you learn about telemedicine when I mm. try to educate myself about functional medicine, which is an alternative. Uh, it's not a replacement for uh, your primary doctor or surgeons, but the functional medicine, uh, I've been seeing her uh, for a couple of years now. And the strange thing is, I know her, she knows me, but we never met physically. It's all through uh, the, the telemedicine. So again, this is very valuable uh, for her because um, she now can treat more people without going to the office. She just work at home. And for mm -hmm. me, I don't have to travel. Absolutely. Mitchell, what about you? You have yeah, you know, I, you know, I visited people in hospitals and emergency rooms where now this this is being used to communicate with doctors um, in situations where, you know, there may not be enough, enough doctors for patients. So now, you know, he's, he's sitting in one location and he's seeing patients virtually. They're mm -hmm. um, still using remote monitoring systems so they can see the vitals and everything. And people are able to help people from all across the country, centralized areas. Um, so this is increasing the time um, where emergency rooms are able to help people. It's giving them more options. Um, Absolutely. And as uh, some of the bullet points meant, just so many uh, things that are now part of our daily lives, you know, safely transferring money, um, you know, when you have to pay someone back or for a service. Um, it's so easy and convenient. Um, and look at us, we're 
having a podcast <laughs> from three different locations. Yeah. And, you know, especially, you know, with COVID, the pandemic, um, video communication became essential, you know, for businesses to carry on, uh, for relationships to continue to thrive. Uh, so it, it's just a, an ever-growing um technological advance that it just makes such a difference in our lives and you know for safety reasons um invaluable yeah we couldn't get together <laughs> during the pandemic due to safety but yet we were all able still to sue each other and connect and maintain our relationships with our friends and family and conduct business agreed Okay, so um, our next slide is kind of like a, a little bit of a warning. <laughs> so uh, there is a quote, technology is a useful servant, but a dangerous master. So, you know, we think it's wonderful, but as with most things, you know, there are some good and bad. So, uh, but we do want to also say that anything we provide in our podcasts and in our discussions, you know, we want people to use that information responsibly and, you know, with the understanding that consultation with professionals is the appropriate way to address personal circumstances and medical conditions or issues. This is educational only, informative only, based on our research, and it's not to be used in exchange for a professional consultation. But along those lines, um, as the quote said, there can be um, downsides to most things. Um, so if we could just address that uh, a little bit about appropriate safeguards and unintended uses, uh, Alan? Uh, yeah, basically, Education is very important because let's say if you try to set up a, a gadget or device, if you don't know how to do it or maybe add one more zero or change something, then it could give you a, a, a wrong reading and then you might be wondering what happened. So education is important. So hopefully later on we'll build like a, a growing pay forward community and then all the members can help each other by, you know, having specific uh, know-how or advice on setting certain up or maybe things that they did wrong, then they can share. Because it, most of the time, if people have done it wrong, then they uh, tell other people, other people have less chance of setting up wrong or doing it the wrong way. Uh, yeah, um, and I would I would want to warn people to have moderate expectations. Technology, by nature, is always evolving. That's the point of it. It's always improved. So you know, just because the first generation may not work perfectly or it may break after a while, it doesn't mean they're not working on another generation. You just have to accept that fact before you get into it. That it will it will evolve. It will get better, and we all have to be part of the process to use things and help it develop. That is excellent advice. Yes. And um, I guess I just wanted to bring up a couple of things. Um, the picture that you see um, on the bottom uh, left, that is from a recent event that took place on a school bus. 
and the driver became incapacitated. And this child noticed, ran up, steered the bus and stopped it. And it was interesting when they interviewed the other children on the bus and this child's parents. When other children were asked, oh, did you notice the school bus driver becoming incapacitated? <laughs> All of them <laughs> were preoccupied with this. <laughs> Every, they said, oh, I was watching a video. Oh, I was playing a game. Oh, I was on my phone to, to every kid. But when they interviewed this child's parents, they said, why do you think your son was so aware? They said, he doesn't have a phone. Oh, wow. Now, I'm not saying that that's the answer. I think it's important sometimes for kids to have a phone. Um, if they get in an emergency situation or God forbid it's you know, a school shooting or something like that. But I think what to learn from that lesson is about situational awareness. And I think sometimes we do become way too preoccupied with this technology. Um, I've sat in the parking lot waiting to pick my husband up from a carpool at the supermarket. And I watch people coming out of the store, you know, a young, pretty woman, maybe with a baby, pushing that cart, purse sitting, you know, in the front, looking at her phone while she's pushing the cart. And we recently did have a uh, carjacking. Uh, and because the person was on his phone, he didn't even notice, you know, what was around him. So that would be, I guess, my only caution is technology is wonderful. It's great. I love it. I have Alexa, I have my phone, I have my watch, but try to be aware of your surroundings. Um, have situational awareness. And I think that's especially true to try to teach children and young adults and seniors about that because it does, there are potential risks. As much as it's wonderful, there are risks and to just be aware of that. Yeah, and, and keep in mind that with all the new technology we have, we have not implemented it completely as a society. Mm. So we're using partial solutions. There are solutions for that bus to stop automatically when the driver is incapacitated. Mm -hmm. He didn't have that kind of bus. Yes. So yes. it's going to take a while for us to actually use all this tech that we have um, mm -hmm. collectively. And in the meantime, yes, you should definitely look both ways before you cross the road. <laughs> <laughs> And I also uh, have another just small cautionary tale. Um, I'm sure uh, every our audience has heard about the uh, scam where people call an elderly person and tell them that their grandchild is in jail or in some kind of trouble and they need money to get them out. And I mean, billions of dollars have been lost um, by grandparents who thought they were helping their grandchild. And it was all a, a fraud. Well, there was just an article yesterday uh, in a news and gamers are now using AI to in, enhance this fraudulent scheme. 
all they need is a little snippet of somebody's voice and they can create a whole narrative. So now they can actually call you and it will sound exactly like your grandchild, uh, further convincing you to uh, part with your money. So again, the cautionary tale is, you know, when if something like that were to happen, slow it all down, maybe say, let me call you back, um, resist the pressure, because I'm sure they put a lot of pressure on you to respond quickly. So those that's just another little cautionary tale I thought I'd share because this article that I read yesterday was very timely. <laughs> uh, so, but again, as we said, technology is wonderful, but there are potential risks and you should always just be aware. Okay, okay. so uh, finally, uh, we're, uh, just want to mention that we have many other podcasts. Um, uh, Pay It Forward uh, is the channel. Uh, help yourself by helping others. But we have episodes dealing with many wonderful topics. And you can find them on Spotify, Google, YouTube, and Dystopia. And we would love to hear from you uh, and what you think of the podcast. So we hope everyone will take advantage of these uh, very interesting uh, topics. And then uh, lastly, um, Alan, if you wanna let people know how they can help or support Pay It Forward. Sure, if you like what we are uh, discussing or try to uh, participate, you can obviously uh, send us a, a message through our website, mm -hmm. or more importantly, in order for us to provide more uh, eyeballs to our content. You can uh, support us on Patreon and the, there's a uh, URL there. You can always find us on Facebook and uh, our website also. Mitchell? Yeah, and you know, and if you guys, if anybody out here wants to volunteer or be a member, pay it for it. You can go through our website and there's options for both. Um, so we love to grow our membership base and the more people involved, the more good we can do. Absolutely. And um, our Facebook page has links to some of the podcasts, but make it a little easier uh, to find them. And we will be starting a uh, new Facebook uh, group from our page uh, to grow our community so we can talk about uh, the various programs that we're doing. And you can talk about your experiences with nonprofit organizations and how to volunteer. So we want to really grow our membership in our community. So uh, be on the lookout for that and or just go to our Facebook page uh, and follow us and you'll be informed when the group, uh, the private group has begun. And we look forward to hearing from you. So uh, lastly, we just want to say thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us. And we ask you to keep paying it forward. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.